Hello and welcome to Letters to the Lyceum. My name is David Gregg, I'm the Artistic Director and this is another postbag of letters about the theatre of lockdown. Tuesday the 30th of June, which would have been in another university opening night of Local Hero, the Old Vic in London. Instead, I'm looking at the Fourth River on a lovely summer's evening. I was in the theatre this afternoon. We were uh, flying a drone about, which is an unusual thing to do inside the theatre. I've never done it before but getting the most glorious shots of the theatre from all kinds of different angles that hopefully we'll be able to use to um, show people and perhaps to put together a little film about the venue. It was very strange to be in the space. It wasn't the first time I've been in the space since lockdown, but it was only the second time. And um, the ghost light up on the stage is particularly poignant but it is being looked after beautifully and the chandelier is still shining and looks every bit as glorious as it always does, which is appropriate really because the letters in this bag are all about taking the theatre of lockdown um, from inside the theatre to outside. It's a great bunch of letters. Uh, we've got the drama of the kitchen window, the dance of life in lockdown, a meditation on applause, amusing on local hero, the drama of the river forth, birds and nature, and finally a little reverie which mentions the chandelier. I hope you enjoy the letters. The first one is from Andrew McManus, who muses on his window to the world. Dear Lyceum, I thought I would be enchanted by your production of Barefoot in the Park, but it was not to be. Instead, I have my own theatre played out every day when working from home via my window to the world. Each day the curtain is drawn and the drama or comedy begins. Luckily no tragedy, yet. Tom the Posty, trying to whistle through the mask and making a poor job of it. The DPD delivery driver, masked and gloved, taking the mask down to say cheers after you thank him for the delivery. The neighbour's cat taking a liking to the conservatory roof and having to be persuaded from a ladder with a treat and much coaxing to come down. The small child grabbed at the last minute before she breaks the six-foot rule. Every day is different, and I wish it was the same. I wish it would end and I no longer have a view to the world. Take me back to Tanfield, to our glass office in the sky, where there are no curtains and only the clouds entertain. Regards, Andrew McManus. In the next letter, Amanda Forsyth explores the dance, the choreography of lockdown. Dear Lyceum, can you dance? As the person in the household most responsible for keeping the cupboards filled and the dinner table supplied, I've learned when to go to the supermarket early in the week and when not to the weekend and to make a shopping list that runs in the order of the aisles. I've learned who delivers, from milkmen to florists, and who does but shouldn't, the supermarket again, 
I think they've finally got the message that 53 isn't that old and lacking underlying medical conditions, I don't really need to be on the priority list for home deliveries. I didn't expect, though, to be learning to dance. Anticipating the move of a fellow shopper as they round a corner, stepping back as they step forward, slow, slow as I approach the shelf that someone else is browsing, quick, quick to move in as they move in, slow again as we carry on down the one-way system. Even getting to the shop can be a carefully choreographed activity. I think my most satisfying movement was crossing the road before I came up with the slow-moving pedestrian on my own side, but after the jogger on the other side of the road had passed, giving careful consideration to the exhalation window. Easy, you say? Ah, but factor in a number five bus and my own desire to remain in the fickle Edinburgh sunshine for as long as possible, and I promise you, Barishnikov would weep with joy at the elegance of my steps. 53 certainly isn't too old to be learning new tricks, and my dance moves are coming on a treat, catering for my lockdown household. Amanda Forsyth. The next letter is from Felix Davy, who's thinking about applause. Dear Lyceum, You used to be one of the only places in the city where clapping happened. I think about those final moments at the end of a performance on your stage, the sharp crack of a gunshot, a candle blown out, a last line suspended in silence. The whole audience holds their breath, and then release. One clap first, a toe in the water or a single drip before the dam breaks and everyone joins in, jumps in. The applause rushes up to your chandelier now glistening in the light. I look around, blinking as I clap, seeing how many people there had been around me all this time, hidden in the darkness. Each one of us had experienced the performance on our own, but now we are appreciating it as one. Applause is what togetherness feels like. I feel what you feel, we are saying with our hands. I am moved by what moved you. But now, Lyceum, without you there to hold us, our clapping happens outside. Like those final moments in one of your performances, our lives seem frozen. Plans put on hold, everything waiting until all this is over. Our breath is held for the latest grim toll. And then, at eight o'clock on a Thursday evening, release. In streets that have fallen silent without traffic, one clap first. A summons, soon answered by more claps, cheers, bells, pans, horns, and you'll appreciate this, Lyceum, knowing a thing or two about how to put on a show, even drum circles and pipe bands. The sound spreads and rises into the spring evening. In place of your chandelier, just the faintest glisten of emerging stars. All week, hidden behind closed doors and windows, there had been people around us, going through the same thing, feeling the same way. But now we see it. Now we hear it. Soon this time will end. We will carry on, and so will you, Lyceum. When we are going about our lives again, heads full of our own concerns, I can't wait for us to gather in your seats. For the lights to go down as the second half begins, hushing knowing that the next sound we will make will be with our hands to clap, because we are about to enter into a world alone, but come out of it together. Yours, with appreciation, Felix Davy. I said earlier that uh, this should have been the opening night of Local Hero, so it's particularly lovely to get a letter about that show from Christian Ball, who uses it as a reflection on really the purpose of theatre itself. Dear Lyceum, to my socially distant hero, it gets so dark before the dawn. That's when it gets to me. 
before the city symphonies of taxi horns. You promised a refinery, an observatory even, a rabbit with a name, two names, yet nothing dropped out of the hat. You said we'd be rich, rich, filthy, dirty, rich. A barrel of crude promises. We were going to make a killing. You planned to unfurl a fuggy flag of saltire blue on the south bank of the Thames and watch your efforts fill the London air with a smog of honesty, purity and gentle humour, choking the critics and audience alike with the anticlimactic glory of relative normality. You were our local hero. So, what went wrong? When it all returns, will theatre audiences wear masks like phantoms at the opera? Will we sit two metres apart as if idling through a particularly bad fringe production? Will sanitizer gels be available in the ice cream trolley? And if so, what flavours will you have? So many unusual questions for unusual times. The sands of time trickle on as these weary days of solitude and separation gnaw at the very soul of society. Yet beneath the surface, the pulse continues a steady beat, diminished and muffled but never silenced. What price for a handful of those very sands of time in the eyes of an all-seeing omnipresent theatre? And when we all have time on our hands, are those same grains of sand the cut-glass currency of today, echoing the past, etching the future, and elevating the abstract and intangible into desirable social real estate? You are our mirror. We see ourselves, we see others, and we reflect upon reflection. In adversity, we have an opportunity to reshape the landscape, correct our mistakes, redesign and refine what is intrinsically wrong. I wonder if I can go home again, and I long for the day that you open your doors. In the meantime, we celebrate and acknowledge the local heroes that have come to the fore. Cheerio. Christian Ball. In the next letter, Jenny Calder paints a glorious picture of the drama and the narratives, the stories past and present, that she can see from her own window right down to the River Forth. Dear Lyceum, no play today. No real people pretending to be other real people. No painting of scenes or painting of faces. No people on seats or programmes or expectant shuffle of feet. No plastic cups of wine, no crackle of sweetie papers. No disturbance of children needing a pee. No hissing the villain or looking behind you. No back ends of panto ponies. No sound of music, no avalanche of laughter, no tears. No bravos or boos, no claps for actors. No clever critics. No swish of the curtain, no missed cues, forgotten lines, no nerves in the wings, no exit from magic to mundane street, no after-show wind-down in the pub, but no shortage of drama framed by my window. Lilac flamboyant at the gate, bullfinches busy at the apple blossom, the pink flash of a small girl on a scooter, the boy from round the corner on his bike, Johnny and his Springer Spaniels called seven and zero after a football score, a neighbour's black cat on the back wall. Away from the postie, nothing for me. The veg box left on the step. Families out together on weekdays. Nora heading home, Stephen with Duke and Toto. Chrissy brisk on her daily walk, no one's waiting for Godot. At dusk, a hedgehog on the gravel. A blaze of red and gold in the west, and when the sun has gone, a festival of lit bridges spanning the firth. And then allowed out into a bigger theatre. Rainbows chalked on the pavement. Down to the shore with the dog. Under the bridge's giant girders and millions of rivets, there's drama for you. A heron poised on a rock, Ader diving and seeking, a discordant chorus of oyster catchers, 
an opera of birdsong, a ballet of leaves in the wind, the tugs at Hound Point neatly parked, ready for action, mysterious Mortimer's Deep and the sweep of the Firth reaching out to the North Sea and distant victories and defeats, and not-so-distant tragedy, lives lost to war and work and weather. History repeats. All the world's a stage. He was right about many things, our will. But he knew, and we know, that the stage built by human hands, the scenes fashioned out of lived lives, the women and men created from what we see and feel, the words crafted out of that electric blend of experience and imagination. We need them all. Next year in the Lyceum. If we forget you, let our hearts and minds lose their cunning. Jenny Calder. In the next letter, Isabel Graham writes beautifully about the changes in lockdown life and how slowly and patiently we adapt to them. Dear Lyceum, I write as an older person, elderly really, but I hate that word, and Lyceum subscriber of 30 plus years. What joy there has been in increased stamina. From maybe on a good day, a two mile walk in week one of lockdown, to four to five miles after nine weeks. Living in a flat, what enjoyment the spring gardens give. Never have so many newly painted fences, weedless gardens, delivery vans, happy walkers, empty buses been seen and remarked upon. Formerly reserved Edinburgh residents have risen to the challenge and pavement etiquette soon evolved. Thanks to all who keep their distance, with rueful smile or murmured thanks. No thanks to a few runners who puff silently up from behind and don't think they need to swerve out to socially distance. So many families on bicycles, with children cycling on the pavements, but we don't mind as it's so good for them to be out. Pleasure taken in services streamed live from Greenbank Church, with so many involved from their homes. These are an inspiration and comfort. That weekly online photo competition is great fun and lets us see where others have walked. From my perspective, there's been time to read two newspapers instead of one, walk in the wonderful weather, do jigsaws together with my husband, find the old keyboard, unused for 15 plus years, try to learn a language online, bake, phone and email friends and learn to video call. It has been a bit of a challenge to adapt to different ways and had we known at week one what lay ahead, we would have despaired. But because the pandemic changes have come gradually to us, we are accepting of how it must be till better times come whilst appreciating how much harder it is for those living alone, or in cramped conditions, or with illness or death at the door. I can't envisage a life with no theatre, but believe the heartbreaking decision to close our much-loved Lyceum till spring 2021 is the right one, and only hope ways can be found to let us enjoy the treasures theatre offers. Yours in hopefulness, Isabel Graham. The next letter is a glorious panorama from Maria about the history of the Lyceum. Um, and it ends with a request that the theatre sticks to its purpose, I suppose, of telling the truth. Um, and as I'm recording, it seems one of those things that is absolutely high in everybody's minds, um, the way that we miss theatre as a place where we can challenge and question and even mock those in authority. It's a lovely letter, this one. Dear Lyceum, I'm writing to say how sorry I am to have been unable to visit you on Wednesday, March the 25th, and also tonight on Tuesday, May the 19th. I was very much looking forward to wind resistance and life as a dream. But it's more than that, isn't it? I was looking forward to being with everyone, with you, held in your arms. 
In that warm velvet space, something mysterious was going to happen, within each one of us, together, only there, only then, with you. Magic. You know. Where is the magic now? Is it in the yellowed grasses greening, the brown buds flouncing pink, my lettuces pushing up through the dark earth, seeking light? Nature is running her seasons as usual. But where are yours? You sit with your empty seats amongst empty streets while the city waits. Here the hills are busy. Lapwing and oyster catcher are swooping and shouting. The cuckoo is tooting. Swallows have come back home. There is a starling which sits on the garden wall and quacks like a duck. A red kite visits, using the resistance of the wind to rise up above us all. Am I dreaming? It is spring. Nothing has changed. Except we never go out of the glen. The radio enumerates daily deaths. We see no people. No people. But there are sheep. Hundreds, I think. Lambs arrive throughout the day and night. If I step out across the field without looking, I might slip in a placenta. You were exquisite when you were born. You still are, my dear. I saw a map by John Bartholomew made in 1883, the year of your birth. There you are, with churches overlooking your shoulder, and the bossy Lothian school board school stood stoutly beside you, and across Lothian Road the railway station huffing and puffing. Was the air filthy? They are largely gone, but you, dear Lyceum, are still all these things. A place of faith, enlightenment, and adventure. Did you read what the paper said then about your cardinal plush, your commodious and tastefully appointed green room, your lovely ladies' room, and your beautifully counterpoised three-ton iron curtain? I am not as old as you, but I am ageing faster. I have been looking back recently. It is easier than looking forward. There is more to see. I keep letters. Do you? You will need a nice box for them. I love letters. Sometimes they tell the truth. Sometimes they mislead. But they are real. They have voices. We need them to tell our stories. I made a play with letters I found in a box. They were hidden, really concealed for a very long time. I let out their secrets. Was that wrong? Only three performances and then this. Am I a telltale tit? Is the whole school being punished because of my big mouth? But let's face it, my dear, you are a telltale too. What times these are? What will become of us? What will we become? I have a box of my own letters. They are sent to me and from me. There are photos too. During these strange days I am coming round and round again, meeting myself. We are always whoever we have been and are becoming, however sagging our chin or hooded our eyes. One day I will be dead. But you will still be there, won't you? Won't you? You have survived a lot so far. Depression, riot, wars, deadly pandemic even. How was that one? People don't talk about it much, do they? But you will talk about this pandemic, won't you? You won't keep secrets. You will be a telltale. We need you to talk about things. We need to hear from you about misinformation and mistakes, propaganda and lies. We need you to talk about suffering and joy and cruelty and disappointment and love. We need you to tell us who we are and where we have been and where we might possibly be going. You believe in us. You teach us. You take us to a world of infinite possibilities. I always feel differently after I have visited you. You know. So, I will see you again. Surely. I'm looking forward to that visit. Very much. With love and hope. From Maria. 
The next letter is a bit of a love letter to the auditorium of the Lyceum and its sparkle and grandeur. It's from Rasheen Sheridan Bryce and she is someone who works for the Lyceum and I know she has uh, ushered many shows uh, in her time. She's been in that, that auditorium a lot and I loved reading her perspective on it. Um, and I particularly liked her Muppet reference at the end. Dear Lyceum, So, I've been trying to replicate the feeling of a theatre in my own home. No, no, hear me out. It's not my fault you've gone and shut down, so don't get up on your old high horse and say it's not the same. I know it's not. I've not got nearly enough gold or velvet. You've got it easy. You've got glamour and decadence built in. You've got three floors and two bars and a chandelier. I live in a flat. I'm doing my best. I bought a few red velvet cushions and threw some popcorn about the living room floor. I had a neighbour dress up in all black and shout across the street for me to get off my phone. I've even tried doing a one-woman standing ovation, but it's just not the same. In fact, just to clarify, there's nothing sadder. And actually, just listing all that out looks a bit mad. My neighbours don't talk to me anymore. I think it's probably on account of the bells I've started setting off at three, two, one minutes to the hour. I only do it at 7pm, so I'm not sure what the problem is. It's the least they can do to humour me after I've put up with their jogging and their clapping. Okay, don't look at me like that. I clap too. I think we've established I love a round of applause. But just to go back to that chandelier thing, I think you've probably forgotten about it. It's been there so long, just a big sparkly part of you. You know, that big lamp. I tell you, we've got nothing like that in our flat. We've had to stick a load of old sequins and bits of glass to the lampshades and hope for the best. But as I say, it's really not the same thing. Not nearly pretty enough. Can you imagine if they had done that in Phantom of the Opera? No, you're right. Completely ridiculous. I haven't quite figured out what it is that's missing. I mean, yes, a lack of grandeur. Yes, a complete disregard for reality. Yes, a lack of actors and audiences and a general sense of joie de vivre. But in my defence, you make it look so easy. And for what it's worth, I hope you're doing the same. I hope you're applauding yourself. I hope you put on a show or two for the old ghosts. As someone once said, it's time to play the music, it's time to light the lights. The Muppets. It was the Muppets that said that. But who better to quote when you're missing the theatre? Anyway, what was I saying? Oh, I hope you're well. Rasheen Sheridan Bryson. So that's this uh, week's bunch of letters. Um, there's more to come. And please do send your own in. The... Letters, I think, really capture two things for me. They capture something about theatre, but they also capture something about the present moment. Lockdown is changing all around us. Um, I've been out a little bit. I had a visit to a cafe. Street life is returning to the city, um, all of which a few months ago seemed very far away. And yet still the theatre is closed. And I feel sorry to say that seems to be the case for a good while yet. Um, so let's keep capturing the moment. Please keep writing in. And please also share with your friends these letters and these podcasts and encourage them to get involved. I think it will end up making a really beautiful tapestry and a tribute both to our great theatre, but also to this city during this strange period. So to close, I just want to thank the letter writers, Andrew McManus, Amanda Forsyth, Felix Davy, Christian Ball, Jenny Calder, Isabel Graham, Maria and Rasheen Sheridan Bryson. I'd also like to thank Chris Silver, 
for curating the letters, putting together the podcast. And I'd like to thank you very much for listening. Please do continue to do so.